0: So our, ge- our guest today, I'm actually going to be semi-soloing slash co-hosting with an, uh, another podcast guest. It's uh, He's also a participant in the Veteran Podcast Awards with our show and going to be all biased here. We're probably the two best podcasts in the awards. Um, he has his own uh, surf fishing podcast. So if any of you have ever had an interest or are actively pursuing an interest in surf fishing, definitely check him out. It is Brian from Finding Demo Surfishing. Welcome to the shit show, Brian. <laughs> yeah! And this is the best shit show I want to be on. So let's do that. <laughs> Finally, right? I mean, I swear, like, uh, we've had so many back-to-back conversations. It's, it was like taping it, but we weren't taping it. Like, I, I don't know why we haven't had have been on each other's show already. <laughs> That's, it's. It was just it's a wild ride, and about two years ago, like I said, like when we first had this conversation about starting shows, I remember like I was trying to find all the reasons in the world to not start one, Uh, and then my co-hosts themselves they were kind of like, well, I don't really, what's a podcast? Well, that was me mostly, but (laughs) we were trying, we're still trying to iron out like how to, where to, what to have, who to, uh, who to, do what, and. I just remember. I remember the conversation between my, yourself and I. And we're like, "Fuck well, it, just do it, man." I'm like, "You know what? Why? Why the hell not?" <laughs> and then yeah, here we are, I mean, two years later.
1: <laughs> what's the worst that's gonna happen? You're gonna win awards. You know, become the one podcast in the aviation world where people are like, "Holy crap, these guys get it." Oh man, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, you guys are freaking rock this, man. I am so, I mean, I'm proud of you is a is like a weird word because I have nothing to do with it. I'm just so in awe of everything you guys have done. And I, I listen to every episode because I, you know, I'm still somewhat attached to the aviation world in my own right, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, listening to the, your guys' stuff, it makes me kind of laugh because I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that and be pissed off the entire time. <laughs> so it's, it, I get it, man. And I love it. I love what you guys have done and giving you guys are doing the one thing that we wished for when you and I were back in active duty. You know, you're giving that whole voice to the to the one lone Lance Corporal flight liner out there doing fuel samples. Like, you guys are stupid. You guys are so stupid. I don't know why we do this. I'm like, look dumbass. There's a reason. Let's you know go. what?
0: I, I definitely appreciate the head inflation right now. Like, I mean, if you could see me, I'd probably have like a hot air balloon my damn self. And uh, let's not be uh, let's not forget about yours. I mean there, there's some sports podcasts out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. There's, there's some out there, but I've, I guess I haven't been taking too much attention to it because it hasn't, hasn't been a fancy like it's, it's kind of like um, they already understand you're a pro or they figure out that um, you kind of sort of know what you're doing. So with the stuff that you talk about and the people you bring on, it's all guys like step by step. Here's a good hint. Here's a good way to fish. Have you tried this bait yet? Oh, look at the currents and stuff. Honestly, stuff that I would have never considered. And then after hearing a, a bunch of your episodes, especially um, with Ninja Tackle, I'm like, wait, that's a thing?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's crazy. Like, when I just did that episode not too long ago with uh, Vince Goes Fishing out there in SLO out in Cali. Now, I mean, dude, that's like one of my biggest regrets when I was in the core of not going surf fishing in California. We had nothing but great beaches. And opportunities to go out there and do it and i just never i never did i, mean, I remember going to oceanside pier and looking and seeing those guys fishing over there uh, right in that parking lot area i'm like the hell are those guys doing freaking wasting time gonna be at the pier man yeah and then you know like just then, then never fishing so it's like yeah you're a jackass shut up
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly so. exactly so for all of all the guests listening in with our or all our listeners hearing this uh, Brian with finding demos uh, surf fishing talks about exactly that about surf fishing all the different spots some of the ways you can uh, improve your game as far as fishing is concerned what sort of tackles baits things of that nature to up your game because I'm I'm gonna be honest like when I go fishing it's either make or break it's it's I want I go there for a purpose I want to catch a fish so if I don't yeah. it's kind of like a bummer for me like uh, some individuals when they go out to fish it's it's kind of like it's kind of like for hunting, right? Like you go out there mostly just to shoot the shit with the boys, drink a couple beers, go camping. And then yeah. if you so happen to land one, even better. But uh maybe that's just the competition side of me. Like if I'm yeah. going to go out, if I'm going to invest the time, I want to catch a damn fish. And it's the fish's fault that it didn't bite my hook, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: now, before all of you start saying like, oh, what the hell is this all about? I've got to say this. Don't worry, we're going to talk about aviation and maintenance, because if you guys didn't know this, because I didn't, I lost audio, so I don't know what was said, but Six and I served together in the Marine Corps in aviation, and he continued on in the aviation world. I dabbled for a little while and then got completely out of aviation. Now I run my own business in RV maintenance. And... We'll be talking about a bunch of stuff. So don't worry. It's not gonna be all fishing. We promise. There will be stuff that you're gonna be like, please guys get to the friggin' point out something
0: that's relatable to me. We got you. We got, got, you. got you. We got you. All right. It's <laughs> it's it's especially weird for me because I I'm soloing this technically on my side of the show. So I mean like I am halfway lost, but we're we're powering through it. We're gonna we're gonna get there. But like Brian oh, yeah. said, like we we have served some time together. We've actually shared the same uh experiences as far as type model goes like we both worked on the same kind of planes we've held the same kind of positions we even went to the same collateral duties together which is even even more wild (laughs) and some some of the things that we've experienced it's it's amazing how they transcend time like uh, a lot of the experiences that we've had both as wrench turners and then being maintenance controllers and then being quality assurance it's all relative, like we were like on opposite ends of the flight line, we were on opposite ends of the of the country, and it's this it's the same song every single step of the way, and mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of funny how that works out, and one of the ones that I remember we you and I vented about consistently is about quality assurance as a whole um as uh, Brian mentioned that I continued on with aviation. I'm more so now on the quality assurance side from the 10,000 foot level, like I, eyewitness processes, plans, policies, procedures, stuff like that. Things that keep your MRO, your, your site, your airport, your aircraft maintenance division running. And I I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, like I fell into that kind of sort of from my experience in the service, but the level of quality assurance that I deal with compared to what the military offers, It's almost night and day. Like, really? um, And the reason why I say this, because, like, not to talk too much shit about the military, but quality assurance, as far as the military is concerned, is like novice level at best. Like, oh, easily. Like, Okay, I'm kind of talking shit now, but
1: <laughs> um, oh come on, we're out, dude. We're out. We can totally trash talk it. What are they gonna do? Come back and say, you, you guys can't say that. Um, I don't know if you read I don't know if you speak dd 214 but this is mine that says you can e yeah, EAD. Have a great day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but so so like going with the quality insurance piece as far as the military is concerned, it's very novice level at best. And I say this because um everyone says they understand the standard everyone says they understand aviation standards from a non-military standpoint and kind of but it's it's very like um instinctual it's very instinct it's not like something that's you've actually sat there and read the standard it's kind of like this is what the military does and here's how you're gonna monitor here's how you're gonna audit here's how you're gonna inspect and it's more so a checklist of things. Like it's already a predetermined questionnaire of stuff versus like the quality assurance I do now. Like, here's what they have for their policies. You build a checklist and then you figured out how are they how are you gonna assess if they're in compliance or whatnot. So, and then plus you're doing it to whatever international standard or national standard that they're using, which you have to be familiar with. And for the most part, the military falls in those lines, but they, f- they follow it based on their own policies. Not so much that, Hey, we're following a standard. It's just kind of like, well, we follow things to the NAP or we follow things through the TO or whatever your service uh, procedures are, but it doesn't specifically spell out in there. This stan- this procedure follows this standard. And.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, if you think about it from our, I mean, I always, I, I kind of go back to our collateral job. Uh, the, the three years that we wish we could get back in our lives. <laughs> the the nice thing about that I'll give the military is this. Granted, we we were only in our little shell, but it was a cool way to start building the blocks to understanding that, hey, look, you know, it's checks and balances, checks and balances. And that's where it always starts, it's checks and balances. It doesn't matter your industry. You know, You got somebody that's going to watch over your shoulder no matter what you do. It's not a matter of trust. It's just a matter of inspect what you expect. God, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> oh my god mike mac uh, i love you uh anyway sorry as i digress i mean that it's i've always thought of that Going back into the aviation world especially when we went back to the fleet was yeah i can trust what you have to tell me but i still have to verify it i mean yes. we can be the best friends in the world it's not just us it's there's the ones above us. There's the company level above us. There's the next level above them. There's the, it's everyone's going to want to know what, who's doing what. And there's a constant piece that, you know, you can always say, well, if you're doing everything right, then no one needs to look. You're right. Absolutely. But on the same one, how do I know that you're doing everything right without looking? And if you've taken it personal, you're, gonna just exhaust yourself because you're like why is everybody always checking on me because in a way they're looking out for you to make sure you're doing it right just let it be and just keep doing the shit you're doing and everything will be okay what's the worst thing that happens you've been competitive frigging process with something smart cool good for you do it man
0: yeah absolutely and i think too with uh the way the military i'm i'm, I'm gonna kind of be biased here and talk about military stuff first um when it comes to like the quality assurance piece of the pie, like you get some individuals who get a little too complacent with their familiarity with the system. Um, oh yeah. And I, and I think that's like one detractor from what separates military individuals from actual civilian quality assurance because co- with civilian quality assurance, the, the cycle is constantly, constantly evolving. Like they figured out a process and then someone else smart comes in and then reinvents the wheel. And now we're doing this whole new process again or someone introduces a different tool to do something faster smarter or more diverse and like, okay, let's try that. And then spins the wheel all over again versus the military. They have like a very set way of doing things. And it's rarely a time when everything changes. And even so, like, like uh, some of the checklists that we've used from days past is something that's still being used today. and, 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 and so on, like there's hardly a thing that changes. And if anything does, it's, it's more so verbiage or just an add addition to versus a whole revamp of a system. And then you would have some of those uh, quality assurance individuals. And I think it kind of transcends to some individuals in the civilian world where they'll start getting complacent with their knowledge of the system. And they start like pushing that on or peddling that on to the individual technicians. Like I'm king of the hill here because I understand the rules and I can find they kind of turn into some kind of like a shark lawyer where they find something to sue you with or something to pick your brain mm-hmm. apart with, even though it's like stretching of the truth or things like that.
1: What do you mean that your dick's bigger than my dick? No, it doesn't watch this. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to tear you down. Uh, <laughs> how you like that? What, what just <laughs> happened? What? I, 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 I want to go drown myself. Like everything about this just sucks. Did anyone else see this right now? Anybody? Dude, I hated those. To me, they're worse than one uppers. Oh, yes. Are you just that person? Oh, and I can't say anything because, oh, you're that person. Yeah. Oh, the things that I see now as a civilian after being all this, and I can just look back at my past and laugh and go, oh, God, I really hope that person fell into an open manhole cover. (laughs) Didn't die, just fell into the ground and, like, ow, hurt himself. And then after he landed, he realized, I'm a real piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, I know it probably never happened, but truly, really, a, a part of me hopes that for them. And I'm sure there's somebody out there that hopes that for me because I mean, I can't throw stones without saying, yeah, I did that. And I haven't fallen in a manhole cover, but I've had a few moments that I've been like, yep, yep, this is probably because of something I did in the past.
0: Yeah, right, like somewhere <laughs> I wronged somebody and this, is, and this is that time finally catching up to me. Oh yeah, every um, time, dude. I'm pretty sure that's happened to me as well. At some point, someone someone's wishing my death right now. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: I mean there's no way we're not on a list.
0: <laughs> I'm like, uh, probably on the FAA's watch list right now. Like you how dare you tell things about us?
1: <laughs> probably, man. It wouldn't shock me if the FAA hooked you up with a nice little person like, hey, I need you to check this podcast every week. Why? Well, they're talking about some stuff that might be a little too true, and we don't need people to freak out if they ever, you know, the average citizen listens to this uh, episode. They might not want to fly ever again. Oh, okay. I'm like, I want that job. Oh, I want to listen to podcasts. Everybody's listening in. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, these guys are fine oh, you are so screwed. Guys,
0: stop. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, but you, you know what, though? I, I would say if someone were to try to be headhunting like that, I would say, or if they came and knocked on the doors like, hey, you guys need to cut your shit. I'm like, ah, man, like, uh, I think you got other problems, to be honest. I'm not going to say what they are, but you might have something a little bit more pressing or that requires more of your time than a person that's talking shit on the mic, you know? Just, I mean, just
1: saying you, you couldn't you couldn't possibly be talking about people that wiggle sticks like not wanting to wiggle their sticks right yeah or yeah. maybe something about operations i'm gonna i mean, i do not know i don't
2: know man <laughs>
0: you just just saying you know like there are there there are people out there striking because they're not giving them what they need so tomato uh, hey, to i'm here a for potato. You.
1: Yeah, come on over, man. You want to have a cup of coffee and tell me how I'm really screwing your world up? Because I'd love to listen to your problems right now. <laughs> yeah. No, Pot. This is Kettle over. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> Hi, Pot. Oh. I'm Kettle. Nice to uh-huh, meet you. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: we gonna put some magnesium citrate in your coffee so that when we get this conversation started, about 30 minutes later, you're going to be uh, out of my house. So, we're good. <laughs> and for <laughs> those of you that so don't, too don't too know, to God, magnesium
0: man,
1: that shit. Oh, dude. That's stuff. I mean there's a reason I call it magnesium citrate not citrate. Oh my god that cool.
0: You know I actually oh, tried I actually tried I that for myself right? Cuz like oh. like there were some individuals who would use that as a weight cutting thing, right? And I said, "You know what? Let me give this a shot." You know, I mean, I need a I need to cut some weight, you know, or at least motivate myself enough to cut some weight. And yeah, I mean like never again. I will not freely do this ever again. <laughs> like, no. Nope. It's terrible. It's yeah, terrible.
1: I've done it. I've done it. And I'll never forget one of my Marines that had called me like, Hey, uh, I was, well, actually it was when you and I were on the other job, he was still in the fleet and he called me like, Hey man, I got to lose like two pounds and I've already sweat everything out. Like, well, there's one more thing you can do, but I got to tell you, if you do this, you are not allowed to call me back and curse me. You're not allowed in life to ever use my name in vain in any bad shape he's like all right bro i'll do it i'll just just tell me the trick I'm like, all right drink the whole bottle he's like what I'm like just shut up and drink the whole bottle get the sprite flavored one you'll thank me just go with the lemon lime all oh right. man he, he called me back two days later he's like i want to i want to hate you i, I really <laughs> want to hate you but i was seven pounds under weight I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh my God. seven, seven pounds. pounds he's like nothing good is going on in my life right now except for that <laughs> <laughs> like, bro seven pounds is a serious problem i'm like i'm happy for you you're probably healthier now after doing whatever it is you just did but um how and i had to, i ha- i shouldn't have but i had to ask and i was like all right so how long was it after you drank he's like dude it took like two three hours I thought, like, hey, yeah, this ain't working and then i went to the store i'm like oh no you didn't you're- yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> oh my God, bro. Well,
0: yeah, but hey, it worked. Good for him. <laughs> right. At some point, there's like some wrestler here. he said, "Yeah, I did it." <laughs> uh huh. Oh, I'll tell oh, you, oh, man. Yeah. Like wrestler. Okay, I, we're going way off tangent here for a second, but wrestlers, those individuals know how to cut weight on a dime. And oh yeah, I mean, I don't envy them at all because some of that stuff is extremely painful. And I mean, I just went through like 24 hours worth of cutting and that sucked and some of these guys they'd be doing the cut for like weeks and I'm like mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm good man like the, the tape ain't that important to me i'm sorry <laughs> yep i mean the trash bag
1: running the constant dipping for the spit the i mean hell i've heard of guys way in way in the in and the out like all right here i am this okay i brought this they're, they're, those guys are extreme, man. Like, you just yeah. go up a weight class. I can't.
0: Okay, you, you do what you want. I don't care. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I mean, hey, man. I mean, kudos to those athletes, man, who can do that on on the on the flip of a dime. I'm, yeah. By all means, man. Like, that's not my life, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but yeah. So like, uh, the kind this kind of brings me up to like this one video, and I never thought I'd bring this up, uh, especially in a conversation, is about uh, it was a YouTube video about a of a maintenance controller like just chewing ass
1: of like a whole bunch
0: of mechanics you know like you are you're you're about to do the bare minimum for safer flight and this and that and the other i mean in hindsight from from the organization that they're with it makes sense i mean i get it i understand it personally though if you if you were to try that stuff in like a civilian world like say at an mro or at a commercial airlines your ass is grass dude like if you said that oh, shit, yeah. like you are only here to do the bare minimum for safe for flight, like see a friend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, no. I, I'm just saying like, I would not say that conversation. I would not have that conversation outside of the military. I would just say that much. <laughs> no, I
1: mean, a, a lot of the stuff we learned in the core in the military. I mean, you guys all know if, if you served in the military, you know, our job was basically fix stuff that goes kill. Things. Cool. Easy day. That's our job. And, in the civilian world, uh, I mean, I got a serious wake up call when, I, so I applied for um, American Airlines to go work maintenance control on that side. And it, everything was going great. And the guy asked me like, hey, do you have your AMP like, Yeah, no, I don't. And he's like, all right, well, are you willing to go get it? I'm like, no, I'm not. And he kind of was like, well, how the hell are you going to get in aviation? That's a great question, sir. And I just stared at him like, you answer it for me. Um, because I had that thought in my head and this was really short-sighted of me. It was, you know, after hell, that many years of turning wrenches on aircraft running in running maintenance control, running different operations and doing all these things. It was like, okay, look, I'm hiring in for a maintenance control job. I'm not hiring into turn wrenches. Why the hell do I need an AMP? I'm not going to be doing it. I'm going to be doing the processes and all that. And the guy was hilarious. Because he was, I think he was Air Force, if I'm not mistaken. But the interviewer was great because he was laughing. He was like, dude, you have no idea how many times I hear this from every military person that gets out. Like, why the hell do I need AMP? And I'm like, oh, well, this is about to get a great conversation. <laughs> Regale me, sir. Bring me <laughs> up to my little spot of how I suck at life. And he did. Uh, he really, he really put me down in my place. Um, because he made me realize, he's like, look, you think you're going to be working on 737. Well, what about the 767? What about the 777? What about this one? I was like, well, okay. I'm not understanding. Like, dude, it's not just one type model series. The AMP is just a starting point. It's just to prove, hey, you're not an ass hat. You know how to do certain things. You can do these pieces and you're trainable to move on to the next level. It's like, if you're not willing to get your AMP, then that tells us that you're not trainable. (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay. The crayon eater is not trainable. Come on, bro, do better than that. But he, you know, when he broke it down to that level of like, look, it's just a starting point. All these pieces all come together. It doesn't matter if you're an analyst, a a mech controller, quality assurance, hell, any of it. All the pieces come together, and it made me realize I'm like, all right, maybe I don't need to be in the aviation world. That and a couple other things, but we're we're, I don't know if I really want to start slinging mud at other companies here. But it it made me realize that there there was a lot bigger piece. And we don't see that when we're playing in the military side, because uh, after that many years, you and I were in, we're very much so on the SME side. You know, we understand the processes that are handed to us because it's the same thing we've been playing with on that one Thai bottle series for years. We know the sounds. We know the process. We know the checklist. We know everything we already know. But that's not the same in the real world. It doesn't play the same way. The corporate structure is different. The way the inspections are different. The requirements for FAA and TAA. Okay, kind of similar. Not completely. But you still have to integrate and understand them. Like, Oh my God, this sucks. Yes. So, yeah, understanding those pieces really put me back in my box and made me pause and realize, yeah, I'm a really good mechanic, but if I want to play in the aviation game, then I need to get in, get on board with the real world shit. Yes. So uh, I, I love, I love what all you guys have done. You know, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, I mean that guys, girls, wait, everybody. Please you don't take my guys as just got, got, got to say that. Forgot about that. All that stuff y'all do <clears throat> is it, it, It's backbreaking. It's gut wrenching, which you all is, great at what you do and i hope that all of you are proud of it no matter what even if you come home from a shit day at work and hated everything and that safety wire job made you want to punch a baby in the face you're (laughs) freaking awesome at what you do and you should be proud of yourselves
0: absolutely yeah and because like in high and in hindsight or in retrospect from the ten thousand foot level you made a piece of metal defy gravity and go into the air like you (laughs) you know i mean You, you you've Put a middle finger to science, basically. Oh, actually, you you, you use science to defy science, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, like if you were to say, say this like 100, 200 years ago, and it says, I can make a 200 ton hunk of metal fly in the air and stay there for hours on end. Like, what? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's what you all do like day in and day out. It As he said, like it's very backbreaking. It can be very demeaning and taxing but the reward of it is to see all your hard work take off and land and be safe and actually do what it's supposed to do that's like the gratifying piece of the aviation realm and uh for some people for some people like that that thrill of doing that is what keeps you going now sometimes you know like uh situations happen where you can't continue that so you have to find a way to transfer your skills from one thing to another and that's where a lot of individuals start having the the gears grind is cuz they're, they associate so much to a certain skill set, to a certain familiarity that they just fall to pieces when they get told that they can't do anything else. And for some, it's 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 uh, life-shattering. Uh, like right right now with some pilots who are pretty much on the axing block because of the changes in mental health awareness or mental health requirements, they say, you may not fly again. That's life-shattering to them because it's more than just a hobby sometimes, it's uh, a way of life, and dialing down to the mechanics, like some individuals that that's all they know, or that's all they want to know, and to have to be told or be have to make a hard choice to do something different, it's it, it's the blue screen of death. Like it doesn't it doesn't compute. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But you'd be amazed, like just how much of what you know can and do transfer. It's just a matter of like figuring it out, like okay, this, it's kind of like a translation problem. Like it's the same stuff, but how do I go from having the cognizance to turn wrenches and make planes fly to say uh, auditing a C-suite on how they produce a, a design for Six Sigma, something like that, right? Like your the knowledge base is already there, but I mean, you, you would just have to translate like, hey, how do I take this and make it match that? And I and I think that in your case, that's one prime example, especially like going from having to do an aviation job, which almost match and mirror what I do, to running your own business, running another running a, a surf fishing biz, but well basically a surf fishing business, and then yeah. and then being able to relate all that back together.
1: Yeah, it's weird, man. I mean for so I guess I didn't even say anything about this. So my business that I run, for those of you who are like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, I'll get to my point. I'm sorry. I ramble. Uh, I actually am an RV mechanic now. I'm a traveling RV mechanic. I am a one-stop shop for fixing RV. Anything inside it component-wise, I, I work on it and I fix it. Now, before everybody's like, um, what the hell? I cannot tell you the amount of time that I go back to stupid friggin' menial, meaningless task and menial work from in the aviation side. And I can do a lot of that stuff in an RV. The other side of that too is being my own boss, I I set my own rates. So what I could be making in the aviation world versus what I make as an RV mechanic is staggeringly in my favor on the RV side. And it's great because I'm still being able to turn wrenches and troubleshoot. I, I, I've learned so many weird things doing this job that I never even would have under even tried to take, uh, avionics and women, all you Trons out there. Um, I'm a little sorry for making fun of you many years ago. Not, not completely sorry because you took so long to fix a frigging connector and could (laughs) have just cut the damn wires and did it. Another one. After having to chase wires from an ass end of a, 45 foot friggin' fifth wheel to the nose cone. Oh, I get it. And I was pissed the entire time. Like, I remember cursing, like, I hate everything about electrical, but I never touched electric till I got in this business. And now, no problem. I can figure out your electronic bug probably within 30, 40 minutes, depending on how many mice have been through your RV. (laughs) But the transition piece of, I had no idea what I was going to do after that American Airlines interview. I really didn't. When he was like, dude, this ain't this ain't gonna work. No aviation company's gonna really pick at you until you get your AMP. And a couple others I did talk to as well. They're like, Yeah, dude, you gotta get your AMP. No matter what, you gotta get it. If you want, we'll pay for it. I can't want to. I don't want to Uh, you know, just being a big old baby about it. And I fell into this business on accident because I had trapped, you know, my wife was awesome. She is awesome. A contract ended in a different industry that I was working. I was working in cell phone towers and doing that stuff after I retired. Um, The contract was coming to an end, and we were still living in Cali. And we had a California house with a California mortgage. And those of you in Cali know what I'm talking about because that hurts. Uh, She's like, dude, if you could do anything tomorrow, what would you do? Like travel. And we did. We sold everything we had in California, bought an RV, and traveled for two years until the thing happened the plague of 2020 yeah and along the way i learned how i picked this job up from another guy and went to school for it for 12 weeks it was nothing and then next thing you know here i am what two and a half almost three years later after the school this business is awesome and i don't want to punch a baby in the face every day
0: (laughs) you know like well you're mentioning about the avionics piece that was a hard transition for me too Um backtracking a little bit <laughs> so for anyone who's a mechanic now or aspiring to be a mechanic just know you're gonna learn how to dabble in the avionics piece and yeah. it, there's parts of it that suck there i'm gonna i'm gonna admit it's a it was a very rude wake-up call for me because uh a lot of these newer planes it's gonna be very avionics heavy and that was a big slap in the face for me because i'm, I'm gonna be honest i used to talk a whole lot of smack about avionics technicians because the ones that our was around, they were very um, uh, reclusive. They like to keep to themselves. Sure? It's either yeah. they keep to themselves or they party too hard, right? Like kind of like Revenge of the Nerds kind of thing. Where
1: <laughs> Dude, that's so perfect! <laughs> oh my god, that is the best analogy I've ever heard.
0: Yes, <laughs> it, it, it it was very very bad, and then uh, having to do some of the things they do, it it put it, it really humbled me down because like. There's a whole lot of what ifs that go into avionics equipment, especially when it comes to wire routing. Like, if it's a long run, there could be a break in there some in some places. It, it could just be bent slightly in just the right way, or there's too much static in that compartment. Something really small, but it it can it can upset it just enough to give you all the check lights in the world, and you'd have no idea where to start. So, we're trying to figure out where. Where it could possibly go wrong and follow a schematic, which I still to this day hate, (laughs) and figure out where it could possibly go wrong. That was a very humbling moment. Like, wow, like this troubleshooting tree or this fault isolation tree is like way more intricate than a simple like chase this hydraulic line or follow this fuel line or whatever the case may be. So that was a big uh, slap in the face for me. So that transitioning skill from being a mechanic to understanding avionics was huge. And then, and then trans- transitioning from there to the quality assurance piece where you're deep diving into processes, you're deep diving into standards. Some of this stuff I understood just because I wanted to be the person to know what drives what, which is another huge problem uh, with a lot of military and exiting military individuals is they, they're so attuned to follow a process but don't really understand why. Mm-hmm. And then you come transition into the civilian world where you're just expected to know how, who, what, when, where, why and then if you screw up in any of those pieces, then that goes, there goes your job so yeah. deep diving into those stuff was another huge uh, rude awakening because there's a, there's a lot of uh, data crunching that goes into this, there's a lot of uh, understanding how what drives what, who drives what, when does what drive things and um, what sort of possible risks these, these can um, take on. That, that was another thing too with uh, risk mitigation and risk management. Everyone and their mother, especially uh, certain individuals from an intermediate level up in any field of industry, including the military, they would preach day long that I am a risk management specialist. I know how to identify risk. I know how to assess it. I know how to contain it and I know how to solve it. okay let's bet on that <laughs> so and, and you know they'll follow the same thing they'll follow the matrix and all this and that like sure but that's assuming that you already know that there is a risk that's the problem it, you have um individuals who kind of just wing it in uh, for lack of a better word they'll wing it and say like well this looks very dangerous we should mark that as a risk like is it though like mm-hmm. What, what gives you that idea that it is a risk? Is it because it just doesn't feel right to you? Or is there actual cause? Like there's a trend of this. And so getting familiar with those was was pretty uh, enlightening. And then being able to... The good part is now both you and I as far as being able to take those same... Uh, how do I say... Uh, that that same attention to detail and then transfer it to one place to another, be it RVs or quality assurance or continuous improvement, whatever the case may be. So there is hope for people out there. <laughs> like yeah. if you if you just kind of understand what, how does one thing translate to the other, then and then just identify the gaps that you're not so savvy on, maybe possibly take a course or maybe uh, like a webinar or something and just fill in the gaps you'd be amazed just how much like all this stuff just ties in together. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Or, okay. This makes sense. Instead of just being like, Nope, this is the one-stop shop. This is it. It's make or break. And then sometimes you'll get the surprise that you're not wanting and you'll find out yourself in the breaking point.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those those are the ones that blow. I mean, it it just, we can all agree. doesn't matter. our, Our industries, aviation, RVs, we all hate the engineers. Yes. Me, because it's their fault that 95% of these problems exist at least yeah. that's what I'm telling myself every time I run into a problem that I know is an engineer problem
0: But this bolt here and make sure it's not magnetic because fuck you <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh
0: yeah and
1: I've had those t- and it's funny I, I, I gotta ask you if you have because I, I've, I've been fortunate enough recently I ran into this conversation have you had a chance to talk to an engineer before
0: Yes, I have actually. And uh, okay, so you understand. Isn't it funny when you're like, Okay,
1: dude, I gotta ask you, why the hell is this like this? And they'll look at it and be like, Oh, well, probably because you need to move this piece here and that part had to go in the, like that. So what you needed to do was move this here. But we had to put all these parts in in this little box because of all these other requirements. So yeah, we really didn't have a choice. Like <laughs> you look it on your eye twitches, you could have chose to use the magnetic bolt though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> could could you uh, just engineer just slightly easier? You know, like kind of really like stab that in there. Like, I don't know, Coach. This this requirement seems a little too far fetched. Like, I don't care. Here's my money. Shut up and make it happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, this whole yeah, it needs to be thirty thousand, but oh. the stuff you're giving us is twenty nine thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So you you've got a little bit of room to work with. I'm sorry. Could you say that again before I hit you with this three quarter of an inch wrench over <laughs> your face? I just wanted to make sure I heard you correctly before I full on go to prison for this because it's <laughs> worth it right now. It is worth it.
0: <laughs> and, and and yeah, for for all our engineer friends, I'm sorry, but we love you. We we well, do please. love you. I mean, the stuff you guys do is mind blogging, mind boggling, mind blogging. God damn it blocking <laughs> is good that, i mean i think it's that's fair it is mind
1: cataloging so mind blogging is proper yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I mean, okay uh, I'll, I'll take that <laughs> i'll take that i'll take that l that l's mine i'll take it That <laughs> L. all right <laughs> but but for what engineers do it's it's amazing and to to take numbers and somehow translate that into a physical object just i mean gd and t is one of the things that blows a whole lot of people's minds and I would go ask uh, any random person like hey do you know what GD&T is and they'll draw blanks very rarely you'll have one person who's just all about math and be like oh yeah it's this this, and this and will actually like show me schematics and stuff like bro are you okay man like do you need a f- do you need a friend like <laughs> you wanna, you, wanna, you know you start making friends with him so he doesn't kill you in your sleep you know <laughs> yeah. are you a yeah. serial killer man like are you alright <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. All all you engineers out there, I'm pretty sure you guys are not that wild. Please don't be that wild. (laughs) Yeah, don't be that wild. But the same one, these engineers are
1: tasked, and it's so easy to poke at the engineers because we never see them. They're in their dark little dungeons, and they're building all this stuff together. But these poor souls are stuck with, all right, here's your cogs, here's your items, here's your box. I want all of that in here. And they have no choice but to put the puzzle together to the specs by the you know, by their boxes. And they come up, they're they're some of the greatest puzzle piece people I've met. One is specifically my fishing buddy that that I always, anytime you see me talking about it, uh, Justin, he's an engineer and does a ton of building of things. And I've watched him build things on CAD and I'm just like, how the hell did you put 10 pounds of shit in a two pound box? He's like, well... He just kind of moved some stuff. And I looked at him. I'm like, you were a mechanic. You had to work on these. Tell me when you see this. He goes, Oh, no, don't get me wrong. They're fucked. <laughs> it's going to work. Well, at least he admits it.
2: <laughs> oh, he did.
1: I mean, he's hilarious about it. He's like, I try to find a way to make this work, man. But, they're, but the requirements from the manufacturer to what the end process is they get so screwed on the engineering side. And a lot of them do have us in mind. Like they, a ton of them have the mechanic and the technician and the troubleshooter in mind. And then it just comes to a point where that part, that was going to be your absolute bane of existence. That was at the 12th hour when it was, all right, fuck it. It's got to go here. Sorry. And they <laughs> didn't have a choice and they sent it in. The guy looked at the computer screen. It works. Yeah, it works. All right, cool. Build it.
0: Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: all of you, whoever you are, please know I love you, but yeah, I need that. to put food on my table. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, and like, likewise for like this kind of reminds me of like when certain airframes or certain fuselages they they're mostly uh, held together with um, like adhesive like click bond or metal set, and you and yeah. you see them pop off all the time. And I'm like, why the hell can't they just use rivets? And then you see them like uh, explain it in their engineering know-how. I mean if anyone has ever actually talked to an engineer you can understand what that means like it gets very mathy it gets very um intricate and <laughs> long story short with some of these like the reason why things are the way they are is because it saves weight and or it saves cost so like it it costs less to use glue than it is to drill and use a rivet and, like I mean you're right but come on guy Oh <laughs> <Well>, it's <laughs> like, not and it's go ahead I mean and it's like we're, we're talking I don't know like fifty pounds worth of rivets. Is that gonna be too much? Like, oh yeah, it throws the whole freaking shebang off. Like, I guess
1: that's one that's one piece of luggage that they couldn't get paid for. So yeah, that's a big friggin' deal for the year. <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: like, damn it, I'm sorry.
1: Oh man. <laughs> what? Who the hell was I talking to about this? It had I remember this conversation. I can't remember who it was with but we were talking about the differences between, you know, the 1950s and aviation and 1940s, I'll call it World War II. Aviation and the mentality back then was, you know, here's a rivet for Tommy. Here's a rivet for Jane. You know, there was, it was added structural integrity. So many things were over-engineered to the level of safety that, you know, there was a ton of things added. And as technology got better, the computer said, you don't need those rivets for Tommy and Jane. (laughs) It's not going to do anything for it. Cut it down a little. We can add this. But it's like computer technology took out those other pieces for, well, the human, I guess I call it the human safety factor, the fudge factor.
2: Mm-hmm. You don't
1: need the fudge factor. I'm the computer. I know all. I am good. Just do as I say. Sure enough, that airframe gets a million flight hours, makes it through all its phase inspections. And, you know, a couple of overhauls. The next thing you know, we're turning around that airframe and remaking it for another airframe. And that rivet that was put in there in the first day, is still damn there. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's staggering how, or mind-boggling, I guess the better words would be, of how aviation in itself started so long ago and the technology advancements to today of how much, in a way, less is more.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and I think we mentioned this uh, briefly in one of our uh, episodes where nowadays um, everything started to move toward being predictive. Like we're not, we're we're moving away from preventative. We're going towards predicting. So we're going to predict to the T when something's going to happen. Like, holy shit. <laughs> and especially with these newer commercial planes that are coming out, like the 787 and whatnot, the plane is so smart. It tells you what's wrong with itself. Like,
1: say what now? <laughs> Oh, Um, that would piss me off. Like, no, you're not broke. I'm
0: broke. No,
1: I need you to not be broke.
0: (laughs) Now, for those guys in the 787, you guys get the aftermarket cool kid stuff. Like when they were testing that technology with us on the not so cool kid uh, budget level, that technology was great. It sounded great, but it had a lot of bugs with it. Like it, for one, like no one knew how to read it. And then two, like, the, the they manufactured the the tolerances f- to be so tight that a simple bump in the in the airstream would set would kick off a a fault and then it's saying like I need these parts because I am having problems like whoa time out coach <laughs> it was just a bump in the road chill out <laughs> but I, I'm assuming they I'm assuming they've uh, ironed some of those out because now we have seven eighty sevens now and other aircraft of that similar caliber where you just pretty much plug in a headset to this thing and then it says I am I am hurting in this area please fix me
1: <laughs> See, I, lo- I loved the days where you walked out to it what's wrong girl just just give me a sign oh that's a lot of oil on the ground that's a good <laughs> sign what, where are you hurt from and why is it all over the interior oh you bitch <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, it, but it's true like uh, so th- this is kind of going into like um, like touchy feely stuff but uh, aircraft will tell you what's wrong with it. it it just will the problem is you gotta know how to speak its language it's kind of like integrating a pot of whales together like they're not just not gonna jive you gotta kinda coax them along you gotta understand like what are they trying to say and the aircraft are just as sensitive as like that sometimes it's blatant like I am pissing fuel everywhere and it's your fault like, sorry And other times it's one of those like I'm gonna tell you, but I'm just gonna give you hints. Like, can you give me a little bit more, please? (laughs) And then you're chasing this for weeks. I'm like, oh, I hate you. (laughs) And then you find out it's like something stupid too. Like I forgot to turn like a circuit breaker off or something that's no one in the world knows it was there, or like um. I'm using a old type rated G, uh, piece of support equipment that no longer is compatible to that plane. So it's throwing faults all over the place. Like, really? Really? Come on plane. Really? <laughs> I mean, I, I preferred it.
1: Like it was always what it kind of like goes back to the adage. There's a problem. If it makes a certain noise, that it shouldn't, if it's leaking stuff that it shouldn't. And when it's screaming about, you know, like a bearing's gone bad, it'll let you really know real fast when it stops. <laughs> <It's> like, okay, <laughs> so when you walk out to the bird, you know you hear like, "Huh." I, I, I always I laugh when I'm sitting in like uh, the worst example, and I know people are going to like rolling their eyes at this, but there's going to be a few of you, especially the, the maintenance technicians, that you get on a civilian airline and you're looking out there, and you know you start pushing back from the gate, and you hear the starter. All right, airs off. Mm-hmm. Oh, starter popped. Kind of looking out in the number one, looking out the wing, like okay, well, starter failed. See ya. Nope. Oh, here for the other one goes on. APU's on. All right, cool. Go. Wow. Oh, that
2: APU. Yes.
1: <laughs> Back into the gate. That friggin' thing is throwing a shaft bearing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the worst because you're sitting there like I know what's wrong. I think. Oh my god, it sucks. <laughs> hey, weren't you a mechanic? Yeah. How's it? Are we okay? Oh yeah, we're great.
0: We are so fucked. <laughs> I kind of like doing that with two uh, people when I'm traveling. Like everyone's just like looking, like all scared. Like ah, we're fine. Well, we have just enough to get us to where we don't want to go. I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah
0: what's well, on? there was
1: a recent. There was. A, was it was a TikTok. It might have been. There was a recent one. Somebody did a takeoff. and of course, it was Spirit Airlines. The number, the left engine, uh, or nasal. Yeah, uh, somebody must not have secured it. And they're in full power. Yeah, they're on they're on takeoff. And all of a sudden one of the cowlings opens up and starts doing its normal bang, bang, bang. It's like, oh shit. And then oh, you see it, you know, TFOA. I I... And you're like, Yeah, did you see that one? And he's he's nose up and that thing, that panel comes flying right off that wing, you know, right off that engine nasal and it's like, and we're going back and somebody's getting fired. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yep. Hey, what's funny, man, is I heard a lot of people talking shit, you know, like they started talking about uh speed tape and all these different wow. ways they could have fixed it or certain things failed. I'm like, okay, I, I can see your point there. I-, I-, I get you. I mean you you most likely never touched an aircraft in your life, but I, I-, I see your science.
2: Yeah.
0: But the the, r- the real deal is probably like someone just didn't secure it correctly and that person's probably kicking his ass, if not his whole shop. <laughs>
1: oh you know you know it was a pilot it was a pre-flight and he wanted he wanted to look in there because he looked up and saw something in the maintenance book said hey there's something up at the left end that left engine on the bottom oh let me open hey bill but did you see that last night oh yeah yeah hey come over here and look at this oh okay and half-heartedly close the engine cowling and the ground crew didn't see it because well ground crews concentrating on get the hell away from the gate i got another bird to come in for the love of god go (laughs) you know
0: and all of a sudden, it's like,
1: oh, do 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 bang! What was that? Bang! 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 Bang!
0: Bang! Oh, <laughs> oh, god, no! <laughs> Kudos, though, man, that they made it back safely and no one got hurt. I mean, people are probably going to get hurt incidentally, which means like they'll probably like take them to the side and have a one-way conversation, you know. But Very yeah, funny. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, that, I love that. I love being on the outside seeing that stuff for you guys
1: because you know because I never got so far in depth with it. I feel fortunate knowing and i also don't get the chance to really uh, i don't rate i guess is the best way to like be able to criticize or comment but it's the uh, you guys just have so much shit going on all the time with turning wrenches and making these things fly and especially at the gate you get that call like hey look we need this fixed we got to get this bird back out and it can't we can't roll to a backup it can't we can't do this y'all are magic people and then it's just that one freaking dickhead that shouldn't be touching something is touching something. And, and then it's like, well, ground, ground, did this ground. maintenance did this. We, we weren't, we didn't go there. Um, yeah. About that, homie. Yeah. Uh, you
0: did. Yeah. I love, I love that. Their, their first thing is like, well, it's maintenance fault. Like, how is it my fault? Like your baggage was late. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I nothing to do with this. Yeah. Like, I was not even there. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's my explanation. I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Yeah, Hell yeah. You got me on camera? No. Mm, Shaggy. Wasn't me. I I, I will say though, I will say though, like there, there, there's some individuals there who really like to hoard their knowledge and stuff or they Mm -hmm. would skimp out on just following simple basic instructions. Like, dude, just do your damn job. Like, it's spelled out in in your in your procedures, verbatim, like we'll do this, shall do that. Now, uh, I will admit there's some areas where the publications are very outdated and it's very vague. So it's just like install engine. How? Okay. How? <laughs> what what do I need? Like, I don't I don't fucking care. Install engine. Like, uh I get all right. <laughs> it's kind of like your your printer when it runs out of one color, like low on cyan. Like it's cool, it's only, it's just black and white. Fuck you, low on cyan. <laughs> Change them all. I <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, just do just do your damn job, man. Like uh or do your job to the best of your abilities per the description of your of your job. Um nowadays that's a that's an ongoing trend where people are air quote quiet quitting. Now I'm I'm gonna argue about the quiet quitting thing that is it really like you're just giving up silently, or you're just not uh, accepting being um, overworked for free? You know,
1: <laughs> dude. I, so i listen to your guys' episodes uh, all every week because I love you guys, and you're awesome, and it's always fun to hear about the fun stuff. And you know, we, it's also really sad to hear some about some of the really crazy, sad shit you guys have to deal with. The quiet quitting thing, when I first heard about it, I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? Either you work or you don't. Which one is it? Are you here or are you not? And it, after you said it, it really got me thinking about it. And it's like, okay. And I went right to the dumb jarhead move. So you're admitting you're a piece of shit and can't do your job and you're just going to sneak away. Hmm, cool story, bro. Well, good luck. And I feel like now that I was wrong in that. That the quiet quitting, I really feel, is driven because of another, uh, I guess, another problem, if you will, would be the management or, you know, I've been doing this job for this much time and this is what the company deems my worth is. My brain is only worth this to them. My skills are only worth this to them. And... I I wanted to ask you this, so I'm sorry, as I'm going the long way around, I always wanted to know, do those people that feel that way in in that world, do they go to management and say, hey, um, let's have a serious conversation about some compensation here? Because I know in my brain, and my brain tells me, yeah, that conversation's happened and management goes, "Um, yeah, you think the CEO is going to give up some of his pocket money for you to get more per hour? Um. Yeah. Go ahead and sit on that bar stool without a seat, bro, and let me know how that works out for you.
0: Yeah. So, uh that this is kind of a layered question because it also depends on that person's character and how they're if they're just going to sit there and take it or if they're mm. just going to go from silent quitting to actually quitting. <laughs>
2: like, just yeah, like,
0: I'm done with it. Fuck you. I'm going to somewhere else. Um, uh, myself and MVP actually had this happen where it, it's it started out it felt like quiet quitting because like you know what. I'm I'm pulling so much uh, so much ass for lack of a better word to get things rolling, and that's mainly yeah. based on our characters. Like I do not want to see things fail. I don't want to see planes f- falling from the sky. I don't want to see people having their fingers chopped off. I want things done right, and I want it done safe. So whatever I gotta do to help push that along in that direction, that's what I'm gonna do. And what a lot of that turns into is extra hours or doing extra doing more in less time. And it eventually just burns you out. So, the quiet quitting, as it felt, as we figured out that definition, is like I'm just going to stick to whatever my job description is, and I'm not going to do any extra because I've done it for the sake of being successful, as far as the the operation or the task being successful. And whoever was in charge took that as a a sign, like, okay, this is the person who's going just going to get it done. Like, I can give him a half ass plan. And he or she is just going to get it done. And they're going to do it for the same amount that I'm paying him for. So, yeah. so, so like, uh, going back to your question, like as far as having that conversation with a boss, uh, myself and MVP actually did have that where like, we drafted up this huge, um, like, uh, op-ed piece. I would say it was kind of like a, a manifesto. Like, yeah. this, this is our job. This is what our job translates to somewhere else. This is the duties that you're having us do and here's the compensation level and here's me. So Oh, I remember
1: that you talked about that in that episode, especially with your guys coding. Yes. So Oh, dude, I was pissed. I got hearing that, I wanted to punch my phone for <laughs> you guys for like I was like, "Oh hell no. You fucking <laughs> with my friends like that? Uh-uh, I'm gonna find your ass and I'm gonna bury you." Yeah. So like oh, that, yeah, that so that's how that
0: was, right? Like and then some people they may not be versed in that. Or they, they, uh, they fudge the words in such a way where there's a whole lot of flexibility, right? Where you get such a wide bandwidth of this is where your pay can or your compensation can fall under, and so that's what we said. Like here's our comp- here's what we're rated at. Here's what you're having us do. Here's what you've written by word told us to do, and then here's our compensation currently. So somewhere along this line, there's this huge chasm of of a of a gap, and I request that you talk about this and mm-hmm. that, that was a losing battle from the start because they've already been set in their minds and it e- we petitioned it up and at least they were nice enough to entertain us for the, for those couple weeks. And then us doing so led to other individuals doing the same thing. Like, yeah, we, we, we need to talk about our compensation here. And it came, basically came down to a very C-suite level executive saying you're, job is important. Your contribution to the team is important, but it's not so important that we need to pay you the rate that you're asking. So thanks. And it was one of those, like we tried to be nice about it. We tried to at least present facts. So when they said, fuck you, it was kind of like, all right, well, um, I guess we're going from quiet quitting to full on rage quitting. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I um, think
1: in that situation, Oh, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll jab jabber on in a second. Go ahead.
0: No. So like, I would say for like uh, a lot of civilians out there, or at least civilians in our areas, they they'll they'll stay silent about it for so long. But then, as they start seeing like under individuals who are doing just as much or just as little, if not less, but still getting paid a decent amount, they're like, at some point, like when does my merit kick in? And the they may or may not have that conversation with their boss. And the ones that do typically either they. They find some other role where they won't be as squeaky, or they might put him in. They just might put him in a role that they might be better off, or they'll just tell him to go kick rocks and keep doing what you're doing, and then that's when they full on rage quit.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, and I, I mean, after you explain it like that, I know now. know my original thought process was way fucking wrong. Because yeah, all of that right there is it, it's the worst friggin' thing when the executive side has the c-suite side had so much on that one like you you want that and i think MAP said it really good he's like well fine we'll just hire somebody right out of school and replace you it can take us longer we'll still get the job done so um cool story bro just I'll go ahead and unload your locker i was like are you fucking kidding me yeah. i have to start over because you don't want to pay me and it's just this vicious cycle and they know it on their side it's like look um I don't know if you know this in the C-suite, we're going to make six figures, whether we keep 100 people on our TO or we keep 10. So it's really up to you peasants back in the field.
2: Right. So like,
1: oh, my, you want peasants? I can affect your bottom line. Hey, remember that bird that you said was good and I told you you could either have it fast or safe? Yeah, about that. All of that's now out the window. She's down. <laughs> <No>. what it? <laughs> I need this this and this to get even in mm, safe but you know to get the holy trinity um, you're never going to get that but if you want that you might as well just buy this this and this too because we're already going to have the wing off so, <laughs> yeah mm, oh, and, what
0: do you then, want bro <laughs> do you want it fixed or do you want it flying either way it's mm-hmm. not going to be safe <laughs> And, and um. That's the piece, man. It's like it,
1: in, in our, in that I see on the aviation side of this, it's, you know, you can, you bite the hand that feeds, you can bite it for a little while. Sure. But there comes a point when the hand is finally going to close and punch you in the mouth Yes, because it, you, you can't, you can't ride them that long and then you're going to have the pizza party to make them feel better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When what you bring in pizza and we're working what two weekends, three weekends, 12 on 12 off, what are we doing now? Come right. on, bro. We know what you're doing. And no, I'll tell you what, you want me to work 12 on 12 off and do all this shit for you? I'll do a great thing for you. Bump my pay to this level and I will friggin' be happier than a pagan shit. <laughs> you want me to sweep that plane with a friggin' dust? But I will feather dust the shit out of that if you bump my pay to this. I'll wear a friggin' French maid outfit. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it on
0: OnlyFans. I'll I will do, it. do this for you. Bump my pay up a little. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it now. And then, and then uh, I'm going to play devil devil's advocate a little bit if, as far as the C-suite is concerned, because from the C-suite side, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta factor in like what your actual cost is going to be and what mm-hmm. your revenue is coming in. So it, simple math, like you will, you must never, ever, ever make your revenue or make your cost exceed your revenue. I got it. I got it. You know, basic economics. Yeah. I got it. But there's also a time where like, you know, you you try to minimize as much as possible to maximize your revenue, right? To make or get yep. the best out of your revenue. I get it. But there's gonna be a time where like you trying to maximize your revenue is gonna start affecting your um your overall cost, which is your in implicit your people, and they're gonna say, If this, I'm done with it, and they're gonna either quit, strike, or both, and then now you're gonna spend more money to trying to get the same amount of people if you would have just like lessen your revenue just a smidge, you know, or co- compensate them in a better way that keeps them employed and happy and keeps your revenue or keeps your costs down at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Stop giving us, stop giving you guys pizza. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a, take us bowling something. <laughs> <laughs> bowling. Uh,
1: you know what? Now it's going to be
0: subway. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> those little friggin' porridge sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <the pot. laughs>
1: we <laughs> didn't want pizza we
0: wanted to change it up I hate all of you like, thanks <laughs> thanks, friend thank you I, I appreciate that very much no I don't
1: <laughs> and you and I were talking about this I'm, I'm going to switch gears on you a smidge here and I know Shoreline's going to be like oh my god you guys talk forever I'm going to freaking kill you both but the uh, and in my world in, in the RV world there is no quality assurance and I mean that wholeheartedly because I've asked about it. So when a new RV comes out, they get it off the line and they'll say they inspected it. That RV gets delivered to a dealership where it gets inspected again. Air quoting, right? By the way, forgot to uh, forgot to add that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I get more calls on brand new RVs to come out and fix the piddliest stuff that should have been caught by either the manufacturer or the dealership. Because the inspection was, for lack of better terms, pencil-whipped because there's no standard. And the only standard that their quote-unquote is is a company is a business called RVIA, Industry Association. They're theoretically your quality assurance high level. They're the ones that are supposed to go into into the manufacturers and say, we are here to verify that you are doing everything right. And by the way, your dues are due for our business to maintain your name on our, let's do this. And it's great because they'll inspect for the two days they're there. And those two days they're there. Those RVs will be the best damn ones that come off that line. Mm-mm, there won't be one problem with that damn thing. they will be great. And then they'll be gone again for another two years. So my job, oh, I've got job security forever, but <laughs> the quality assurance thing in y'all's world, and this is why I love it from starting in the military, as you all have noticed, the great gradual path of a conversation here. How we have the basics of checklists and balances and overlooking people doing their jobs to make sure hey, look, did you connect that line to that piece properly? Yes. Okay, cool. All's well in the world. That little piece matters so much six, seven, eight steps down the line, because once it gets to the asshole known as me, and I look at it with my lens from what I know, and I go, "Which one of you friggin' tweakers put this friggin' water line on the or put the input line into the water pump that's supposed to be the outside?" Just wondering, which one of you jackasses did this? Because it's really hard to do it that way. You're right. you had to cut the line to do it that way. So please tell me which one of you did.
0: Yeah. And then like, who who was the inspector or the quality assurance dude who stamped off on that good? And exactly. I can almost guarantee like especially for um automotive manufacturer, those things come off the lot like in droves like dozens hundreds even and it's like you know what we're gonna sample a population of maybe 50 out of 300 yep. you know what i mean so like this 50 were good and the rest of mm-hmm. it that goes off to wherever the hell it's gonna go sucks to be them <laughs> yeah you know
1: and, oh, and it's and now you're going to have to deal with it. And the the part that, and this is why, and when you said this in your other episode, my brain went right to this, because you're talking about people moving industries, even as a regular mechanic, straight up, AMP and MVP, you know, there are companies that want an AMP to even work on their cars. Even that little bit of time that you've spent in aviation can go so damn far in a whole different spectrum the problem is is that a lot of people when they get out of these industries especially in any of them uh, pilots are a great example they're laser focused because i wiggle stick i must wiggle stick and other things to wiggle stick (laughs) like okay well you do wiggle stick but have you ever thought about working for a simulator company what do i do i wiggle stick what easy there stick wiggle (laughs) <laughs> no, you work on programs to help with the simulator to help people wiggle said stick. I can wiggle stick on computer. Yes, yes, you can. Come here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the same. I turn wrench. Good, good, good. You got the right wrench. Another industry, let's just say, here, I'll throw a curveball. Generators. An APU is a generator, is it not? Yeah. Well, well, pretty, pretty, well, pretty simple right there. Okay, can you fix an APU? Well, yeah. I mean, I push button, it goes wha, and if it doesn't go wha and get power, it's got to be a stator problem. Hey, you're doing really good, kid. I'm proud of you. Well, <laughs> these generators that power houses and stuff—they, you know—they go wha when you push button, and they do round spinny thing and make electricity. Oh, by the way, you can probably make eighty thousand dollars a year just fixing this, and you can go to house calls and probably just travel and pay for all that. I can make go uh, and make power. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Come on over. <laughs> but you can. We're also hyper-focused on that one spot. I, you know, I do this. I'm in aviation. I got to be in aviation. No, you don't. You can, all of our skills transition so far. And you nailed it too with the Lean Six Sigma. There are so many things you can do in that. You don't have to be Greenbelt qualified you just have to know the process and you can probably get in with a business that's looking for stuff like, Hey, can I look for a process improvement job? Talk your way through it and be like, Oh shit, I can
0: do that. Right. I'm looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. And going, going off on a tangent, this is kind of going into Jacqueline's realm, um, from, (laughs) from a previous podcast that both of us have been a part of. I miss her. I miss her a lot too. We need to bring her (laughs) on too. Um, so like with six Sigma, like a lot of the stuff, like you, know this at the most basic level like you as an individual if you've ever thought like I will not give out a piece of shit to someone I like you've at some point in time understood six sigma because that's more or less the same shit and it's just now we're 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 tying in math to this stuff and a lot a lot of the stuff that you will learn everyone some people would think like oh I must be certified in order to get into this kind of business technically no no Technically, no. I mean, they'll they'll put you through it and get you certified. That's just kind of like the check in the box. Like, is this person certified? Hashtag yes. But to understand the concept, as you said, or understand how to apply this, it doesn't really require a cert. And and just from the meticulous uh, attitude that you have, being a mechanic or a technician or something along those realms, it already has that process baked in because all those standards are designed for Six Sigma mm. oh my god <laughs> yeah you're, you're mind doing blown you're doing great you're doing fantastic hell yeah friend and bottom line is like if if for whatever reason uh, aviation just cannot be your future for one, for one reason or another either you you can't do it physically you can't do it mentally you can't do it emotionally whatever there's always avenues for you to transition and do something else and it's just as meticulous just as critical just as gratifying You, you probably will, you wouldn't miss a beat and um I I this kind of I'm gonna kinda go off uh off the aviation trail a bit like example with us with uh podcasting myself MVP uh, you and Shoreline we we didn't know dick shit about podcasts and yet somehow within two years we've evolved in such a way people start asking us questions like have you heard how we talk <laughs> yeah you know me? <laughs> like, are you sure, man? Right No, uh, I, w- I will say like not everyone can do uh, a certain style like this, or not everyone can do a certain style to push out a brand. It's just not gonna happen. And you'll get all kinds of gurus and experts that's gonna say the same that they can get you there. They could possibly, as long as it fits the style that you're trying to go with. Because no matter what you try to do, I and mean, this is kind of like a marketing thing or a recruiting thing. I can't believe I'm going this route. Like, Oh God, um, you can only <laughs> fit, you can only fit it in so much. And then you're just not, you're just, it's just not going to fit. Like you qualify for it. Awesome. Fantastic. But as soon as you get into it, you're going to find yourself, you're in the wrong spot. And then you're going to, you're going to silent quit. Then you're going to rage quit. Then you're just going to drop out. And then next thing you know, now you're just hating everybody who even talked you into getting into that section. I'm like, it's not my damn fault, bro. Like I told you. This. <laughs> 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 I, I told you it was going to suck. You went with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, all right.
1: You, you said it. Now, I'm, by all means, Shoreline, you can get rid of this segment if you want. But It's like we, we did recruiting. Well, you didn't know we did recruiting. I'm sure. I think I think you mentioned it before. It was when we got that test back from the ASVAB and we're sitting down with the kid and we're talking to him. All right. What do you want to do? Infantry. No. What? what? No. <laughs> no, you're, no, you don't want to do it. Well, uh, uh, tell me why you want to do it. And then it's like, oh, wait, what? Like, no, tell me why. Tell, Give me a reason why you should even think about doing this. No, that's one. Or or in our world, aviation, my favorite. I want to be a crew chief. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you're you going to want to like, hate your life every single day. And you're going to want to like, come back and find me and kill me because you're going to hate everything about this job. But having those conversations, dude, was just absolutely key. Because it doesn't matter who it is, you know, you're going to learn on your own. But those pieces for that conversation, oh my god, it's so key to have that comp piece with a mentor.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's kind of like been our thing, especially with the show. Even though we're technically mentoring each other, <laughs> like yeah. we're we're the we're just eating our own tails on this one. But coming along and just learning it on our own, it's actually turned out to be very fun and very, um, it's, it's easy in certain ways. It's obviously not so easy in others. Like, I mean, Shoreline's life is probably hell right now, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, you'd be amazed at how, um, how much you actually hold yourself back. And I think that was you who kicked us in the ass when we started this about two plus years ago. Like, why the fuck not? And then, uh, this eventually led us up to the veteran podcast awards for both of us. And um I'll admit it's it's pretty wild. They never would have saw ourselves here. We never would have saw ourselves seeing something like this happen at all. And then probably by the time this recording have come out, the voting would have closed and we will find out if we're worth the shit or not. <laughs> but but um
1: You guys will probably play us again. I, I bet I'll bet money on that. I'm not, I'm not having a high hopes this year for me I'll, next year. I'm going to come out swinging, but this year, I mean, it, it is what it is. But dude, I, like when I told you when you were talking about this, I was like, yeah, it's perfect for you. Why wouldn't you? You, you, you and I've known each other for good Lord a while. I don't even remember the proper years. It's well over. It's in the teens. But that whole thing, you know, when you started talking about the idea behind this podcast, damn it, that probably came through. When you started having this idea about the podcast, it was like a no-brainer. There was nobody in aviation. Like you said, there's nobody doing it. I, I, I wouldn't look. There was no voice for... <laughs> God, this is going to sound bad. There was no voice for the little people <laughs> and out there to have something to understand. And you guys came out swinging for the friggin' jaw in the world of aviation. And you were connecting beautifully. And it's only gotten better. All the other podcast, all the other things that have come. And there's been a couple of spawn off that have magically popped up in the aviation world, but still don't have the same flavor and touch to it. And you've talked to other aviation sides. You've talked to Australia, you know, Canada, the, that lady that, that won the competition. She was a freaking badass. By the way, if you ever listen to this, uh, bravo, madam, bravo. You know, I mean, the, these people have just come out of the woodwork because you gave them the opportunity of a voice for them to be like yes he gets me thank you and your guys and stuff has been great bro and i'm so over the moon happy for you guys and what you've built it's friggin' refreshing and badass and i'm so glad that you in the end said fuck it i'm doing it
0: (laughs) i mean we all eventually have got kicked in the ass for it and uh, likewise with yourself with the with surf fishing. I didn't even think there was anything about surf fishing in general. And if there was, I didn't know it existed. Uh, I know there was a lot of freshwater fishing. I know there's a lot of um, like uh, deep sea fishing. But as far as surfing, next to none. And and likewise with the, with the amount of people that you connected with and connected other people with. And I think one of my favorite ones is when you bring guests who are kind of heckling you in the first time, and then you have an actual conversation. Like oh wait oh well like a this is really a thing. Like, I don't even know why I was mad. <laughs> oh, poor Jacob. <laughs> I love that dude. I actually got but, another one of those. But, but then, but too. it's also one of those, <laughs> like, um, like sometimes you, we, the only reason why you don't connect because there's a translation problem. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a, from what I said to what you're hearing, somewhere it disconnected. And that's, I think that's the problem of a lot of individuals out there right now is they're having a trouble con- uh associating what they're saying to the people who are hearing it and it comes off as rash it comes off as crude it comes off as I'm just being a total douche um but sometimes it, it has validation to it like maybe I'm just being a douche cuz there's no other way for me to talk about it and mm-hmm. and that's another reason why we like doing what we're doing because we always want that feedback so it's one time when uh either of us or any of the technicians out there they say something in such a way it, it sparks people to say you know what me fucking too like Thank, thank you for saying that. I I now know I'm not the only one. And then everyone starts to voice up together. And that's the part that we all want. Like we want all of you yeah. to not keep your problems to yourself because that, that generation of just silently grieving along is over and done because we've all seen it, especially with the way things have been going the past three years, is if you just keep quiet about it, it's going to keep on trucking. So I, th- I think at this point, we've all learned the lesson that my silence it has its value too. Like, if you want me to shut up, you need to start shelling out some little bit extra. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'll take a bribe, but I'll totally take a bribe. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Was like, you got to pay me for my silence kind of thing.
1: You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. So no, I've had nothing but fun listening to your stuff and I really hope you guys do it again this year, take home the trophy for me it's just even better you know, there's only three podcasts I hope that friggin win it's between you know you me and Mike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was another Demo which is hilarious his last name is Demo there's, I can't believe that there's another one of us it, it's between a- the three of us I'm hoping, hoping we friggin take it all I'll be like yeah y'all suck screw you guys we run this the Marine Corps won
0: <laughs> yes absolutely so for everyone out there I'm pretty sure the voting will close by the time this episode airs but if you tune in, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have some kind of live stream in almost all the various social medias like they did last year. Uh, I believe it's October 5th is when the actual awards is gonna come in. And then you're gonna see us like uh give thank yous if we did win anything. You're gonna see us rage quit uh social media wise if we didn't win anything. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably have the largest letdown ever. And then but hey, time goes on because it's not just about the winning, the winning's cool and it really, it really just a testament to the p- areas that we're touching base with. Like, like if cancel for maintenance wins, then that just means, Hey, aviation won. if mm-hmm. finding demo surf fishing wins, it means, Hey, surf wish surf fishing won, and so forth and so forth. I mean, that's really how we see it. And we hope you guys do too. And kind of tune into that and see if we did win. <laughs> and then either way, it, we're just having a blast doing it because we love it, the interaction. We love the feedback from, Every single one of us from both audiences, and then we just like to we just like in the interaction. Like, tell us your your gripes, tell us your wins, tell us your losses, tell us why you hate hate our absolute guts, tell us why my face is totally meant for radio and I should totally not do either. <laughs> so, and then by, and then vice versa. You can also check out comics too because we figured out a, an alternative to video, and it's been a blast.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, you guys it's gonna be good and you know if anyone really wants to get into the podcasting i know you may think this is crazy but you know if you reach out to a couple of podcasters you might actually find that one of us would probably say yeah this is a great idea it's not that bad the hardest part is maintaining it yes and starting is easy <laughs> starting and running the beginning oh, dude money i can do this all day get past a year get start getting into the really technical side of this stuff and you're like holy crap what did i sign up for? Why am I recording for another three hours after I get off on the eight hour day or a 12 hour day? Oh my God, I got to make this episode. Oh my God, I got to edit it. Oh my God, I got to tag it. But, you know, for me, in the end of this, most podcasts are either informative or event for someone to get something out. So I think that if you're going to, if you feel that you need to do it, there, there must be a reason why. So get it out there, go do it, share your knowledge, live your life. The best one you can if you only
0: got one. Yeah. And make it fun for you. Cause that's the that's the one thing that's gonna keep you going. Yeah. Uh that's why it's been such a blast for us, because we we're um we're very keen on just connecting with people and just being and being able to give feedback and have people like interact with us. So that's been a blast. And at the very least, it's like therapeutic. Like I get to vent or we get to vent about our day and our successes and all that stuff. And if you can't Find that connection, at in the long run, it's gonna fall flat. Like we're we're not rich enough to only be able to shell out like a couple million dollars, drop six episodes, and then call it a call it a show. Like that's unless you can. Yeah. But that's that's really the vol- validity of uh of podcasting or just even being on social media. Like if you're unless you got money to dump to be able to make off of just six episodes, you gotta figure out a way to make this fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I, God, I know we're going long here. I, I don't care. I'm enjoying the conversation, so Shoreline, please don't hate me. You know, I, I I've got this one a lot. Oh, you make you probably make a bunch of money doing podcasting. Uh-huh. Where, by all means, show me how I'm making money in podcasting. The only way we make money is sponsorships and Patreon and listeners. Yes, like this isn't a. This is not. There's no way that. You, me, any your team, any of mine. We're not quitting our day job to continue podcasting because it ain't gonna pay the mortgage. Hell, it ain't even gonna put gas in the car. I mean, it, this is a pure labor of love, and any money that is ever made by listeners or sponsors, I mean, that is. I, I've always thought of it as a blessing. And like, wow, thank you for even contributing to help me make this. You know, thank you for letting me be able to buy a better equipment to bring you a better product. Thank you for letting me you know, have a little bit of money to make a travel trip to this, to come to, you know, do this talk. Like I'm going to Mississippi in, I think next November to do a podcast. And I, I got hooked up by a sponsor. Like, Hey, look, we'll pay for your gas. <laughs> Thank you. See oh love my God. Thank you. I'm going, you know, we're not, we're not Joe Rogan. I wish I wish we were. I wish we had Joe's money. But that's not how it is in the podcast world. You're not gonna get rich doing this.
0: Yeah. Or and you're not gonna get rich by blowing a shit ton of money. By no. Gonna, if you want to make this big, you're gonna have to shell out a shitload of money. And yeah. at, at this point in time, like just it's it's gonna make it less fun. It's gonna have like that diminishing return. Like we put so much in and then we only get so much back. It's gonna, it's gonna fry you, it's gonna burn you out. Mm-hmm. So uh for those that can make this a job and those that are making Buku bucks for this, congrats. Um, oh yeah. We're, well we're done. Just, we're not there. <laughs> and nope. I don't I don't know if it's going to get there. And even if it does, it's probably going to be the same old show like uh mm-hmm. now I can talk shit twice a week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead of once a
1: week. <laughs> yeah. Now I I guess I I shouldn't have said it all like that. But I mean, if, I, I'm a truthful person, I'm going to speak from the hip. I am you know, I'll lay in bed tonight and I'll reanalyze my conversation be like, "Oh, I'm a dick." Well of the same one podcasting in itself is so fun because this one we have an avenue to teach yes but either it's teaching or giving a comic relief or breaking up something that hurts would i love for it to pay yeah hell yeah i would love nothing more than to close down my rv business and podcast full-time and fish full-time that would be the greatest friggin event in my life well close to it but that's just not you're not going to get that kind of ROI with that kind of goal. You got you got to have a lot more. And for all of you that listen to any of our podcasts, we thank you for your time. You give us your time to listen to this. Whether you're driving, you're on the porcelain throne, freaking doing some good thinking, and trying to escape for ten minutes. Thank you for any minute you give us
0: to spend with us,
1: all of us, all podcasts. Thank you so
0: much. Very well said. Heck yeah, we definitely thank you guys. Um... Say, uh, where can listeners of the Cancer for Maintenance podcast find yours? Where can they find you?
1: You can Google me and come up with the old Finding Demo. That is D-E-M-O. Yes, I am safe from my copyright infringement. Thank you. It's my name. Finding Demo Surfishing. You can find me on all avenues where podcasts are available on Spotify, Apple, Google, all of it. We're all there. You can come over to the website at surfishing.com. You can see all the podcasts, you can read blogs about fishing, and you can get a lot of information. Fishing is not just in Florida in the surf fishing world. This is all I'm concentrating on is surfing, from or fish, not surfing, fishing from the beach. So the time when you're out on vacation, the family's out at the beach, spending the day, you can throw a line in the water and possibly catch dinner. And then we're going to talk about techniques and trips, tips and tricks with equipment on how to do it wherever you could be in the United States. Including some going to be international here soon too, so that's pretty. Come cool. on over and learn how to do some fishing while you're at the beach, chilling with a beer in the hand and the sun on your back.
0: Hell yeah! And likewise, again, check us all out October fifth. That's when the Veteran Podcast Awards will air, and then that's when we will find out if a we're finalists for any of the categories that we're listed on, and b if we're runner ups or the winners flat out. And if you do, you get to see ourselves. like give this whole spill on how much we thank you guys even more for listening and voting, and just how much like the win is not just ours; it's representing of the the community that we're podcasting about. And uh, man, I don't really, I really don't have any much uh, final thoughts about this. We kind of bounced around all over the place. We kind of recollected about uh, some of our our grievances with quality assurance, both in the military <laughs> and, and not. Uh, we've kind of had a little bit of uh self grievances about where we failed <laughs> and how we yeah. transitioned out of it and then just kind of gave like our life advice like hey man like maybe the the message is for you to pick up a new trade, pick up a new skill and or hey maybe find some interest in podcasting.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, see we all brought it together. It all came in, you know, a weird puzzle and then worked out in the end.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, welcome to absolutely the event, yeah you know what I mean? you made it. Woo, hello. welcome <laughs> if you made it this far <laughs> if you made it this far reach under your seat and you find yourself a brand new bag hell yeah oh, you get a bag <laughs> you get a bag
1: <laughs> Shoreline again please don't kill us we're so sorry for making all this hard for you we love you
0: we love you uh, Brian you got anything else <laughs>
1: Uh, no, in reality, everybody, thank you for even entertaining any of this and listening to it, you know, and just keep doing the great things you do in life. It's not going to get any easier. It's only going to get harder as you continue to rock it out. So keep living. It's all we could ever ask of anybody. Just keep living.
0: Absolutely. And and again, like if you guys have any feedback for us, uh, either for Brian or my, or ourselves over here at Council for Maintenance, definitely hit us up on either of our social medias. Uh, any of the handles that we've mentioned throughout the show email list, whichever, whatever is the easiest route for you to take. Let us know. Tell us what. Tell us your thoughts, what you have for us. If you have any questions, whatever, we're all here for it because that's the biggest reward for us is hearing that feedback. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you all again for listening. We appreciate you yeah. for your listenership, taking the time to hear us ramble and rant, and we'll see you again next time. Later! Bye! <laughs> <laughs> We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Caleb Stockhill, Jenny Dignan, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks such as access to our private Discord, discounts on and early access to merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. Visit our shop at cancelformainness.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have suggestions for the show or have a guest recommendation to be on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at our website and we will do what we can to get your ideas and or your recommendations on the show. You can also follow us on social media, such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, Twitter at CXMX Podcast, and now you can catch us on Tapas, where you can view our latest comics. Check out our affiliate, RockwellTime.com, for watches and eyewear that support both your sporty and classy lifestyles. Use the code CX4MX, that's the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total purchase. Thank you all again for your listenership and support, and we will see you all next
2: time.